off in time. Dragon Sword, Mastodon, Pterodactyl, Triceratops, Sabertooth Tiger, Tyrannosaurus. Hey guys, what's up? You're listening to the Black Case Diaries podcast. Hey, hey. how you doing out there today? Uh, I'm Adam. <laughs> I'm Robin, and I'm Marcy. What's up, guys? Welcome to this very great episode we have planned for you guys of a show that's been running for a very long time, and I'm sure many of you have heard of it, The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yay! Yay! So that's specific. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is the specific one that we're talking about tonight, but there are so many iterations of the Power Rangers. Yes, it's been going on for so long, like 30-something seasons almost, I don't know. A long time. Right. But it depends on, too, like what you consider a season true. or a spinoff. Yeah, or... yeah. It's been off. It's been yeah. a couple movies. That obviously, the newer one not too long ago, the 2017. You know, it's a it's a big, a big deal. We're here to talk about it. In 1992, cartoons ruled children's primetime programming. This was especially true for Fox Kids with shows like Batman, the animated series, and Bobby's World. So the head of Fox Children's Network... Margaret Lesh started looking for something a little sillier, a little campier than regular tunes, which is ridiculous to think about. You need Bobby's something... World was pretty interesting. <laughs> you need something sillier than cartoons? Okay. All right. She took a meeting with a man named Haim Saban, a cartoon music producer and composer. Saban had an idea for a children's show that he had been pitching to anyone who would listen for the last eight years. Lesh was the first person to take him seriously. The show was The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and it would go on to become one of the most popular programs on the network. Today, we are taking a look at the history of the Power Rangers and the making of the original series that launched the franchise into a phenomenon. Yeah! Woo! So this is a pretty great story, actually. I really, it's, it's really fun to learn about this. Yeah, it's the thing of miracles, really. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Right place, right time. Yeah. Great show. Hi, Saban first got the idea for the show in 1984 while visiting Japan. While he was in his hotel room, he saw a show about teenagers that fought monsters. The show was Kyoryu Sentai Juranger. Woo! Nice work. The best I'll do, honestly. <laughs> and it was the 16th installment of the Super Sentai franchise. So the Super Sentai franchise had been around for about 20 years or so, almost 20 years, 16-ish years, and it was incredibly popular in Japan. Oh boy. And uh, it did not take, I mean, Hayam is obviously a very smart person. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it was pretty easy to tell that this was popular, and when he was flipping through the three channels that he said was on his TV... And he he saw this show, and he thought, that's really entertaining, even though he had no idea what was going on. And uh, he immediately thought, ooh, I could do something with this. Ding, <laughs> light bulb. Yeah, yeah. He was in the television industry a little bit. He kind of saw what people liked. He was involved with some stuff. He was starting his own production company. At least at some point, he had his own production company. And he was doing music for cartoons. He started, when he came to America, he was already producing music in other countries. And when he came to America, he decided to produce cartoon music because he realized how lucrative that would be. Yeah. Yeah. And 
it's smart it, when you're the kind of person who does something not because it's glamorous, but because you know it's going to pay off. Yeah, you, you know, know people need it. Yeah. yeah. He was just really smart about the whole thing, and he wrote the theme song for Inspector Gadget. Oh, wow. Oh, Damn. good one. Yeah. Because the kids wore suits and masks, Saban realized that anyone could be fighting the monsters. He knew that action sequences are normally the most expensive part of shooting a show and came up with the idea for a program that would use this footage and shoot the rest of the storyline in America. Wow. Businessman right there. <laughs> such a good Stamped. idea. Yep. You're kidding me. Wow. Because uh, I always wondered why the masks, they, they like have mouths, mm-hmm. but they don't move. Yep. And it's just like, you know, it worked out perfectly. Mm-hmm. Saban not only thought that this would be a smart way to make a cheap show, he believed in the project. He knew that the show in Japan was incredibly popular and that there had never been a similar live-action American show. I just want to mention, it's 1984, so at the this exact same time, Voltron was coming out, and it was an animated show, and there are... You, noticeable similarities <laughs> a few <clears throat> between the two shows so i just wanted you know one of his big things was that he hadn't seen something like this in american tv and he was right mm-hmm. there was no live action show that was similar to this but i just want to say that not it's not totally true because voltron was coming out at this time and and it was a little a little similar. Saban bought the show immediately and brought his concept back to the U.S. to pitch to studios. He saw it. And he he wanted it. it. <laughs> he he got it. He just money. <laughs> he was in Ain't no thing. Yeah, he was just in Japan for some business trip. He came home with the rights to a television <laughs> <With> a show. <laughs> he, d- he didn't just buy like souvenir chopsticks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like- <laughs> Most people buy like a stuffed animal or something yeah. Yeah. like that. I went to Japan and all I got was this incredibly popular television show. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great. That's a great get that shirt. on a T-shirt. He yeah, should, he should wear that shirt around. <laughs> As we said in the beginning, eight years went by before the head of Fox Kids, Margaret Lesh, saw something in it that no one else did. He went around. He said it would become pitching season, and he would gather his pitch together, and he got laughed at. People Aww. told him he shouldn't embarrass himself. The, and he just, he he's too smart for that. Yeah. He's too smart. Don't feel yeah. bad for him because yeah. he, yeah. he didn't feel That's bad. That's true. He's like, he, all right, next. He's like, yeah. you know what? It's This is for the kids. You know what? You're just stupid. If you stupid. think this is stupid, yeah. then you're stupid. Yeah. It, it's, I'll go you're make just my dumb. millions elsewhere. This is going to work. Yeah. This is going. And so, you know, he went from place to place and everybody said, no, this is not. It's too cheesy. Yeah. And then she saw a kind of a pilot because he'd been kind of shooting some stuff to show people. And so when he showed her a kind of a pilot, she actually thought, hey, all right. You know what? That might, that just might be campy enough. Yeah. This might possibly work. Yeah. This might be silly enough over cartoon. Right. So silly, it just (laughs) might work. (laughs) Margaret was struck by the similarities between the show and old school Godzilla movies. Aha. Mm. Yeah. Up to that point, everyone that had turned Saban down explained that the show was just too cheesy. But this was exactly why Lesh wanted it for Fox. 
She loved the old movies with the fake-looking monsters and obvious effects and unsynced lip-dubbing. There was something classic about the style that she knew would resonate with audiences and that children would latch on to. Boy, howdy, was she right. Yeah. yeah. But those other guys yeah. beat themselves up. Children love old Godzilla movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just look it, at yeah. Look at that old episode. Go check it out <laughs> about Godzilla. Right. It's it's so funny. Just, to, just the idea. It's like, oh, it's so fake. It's like, yeah, I know. It's almost like it's a movie. it's almost like it is fake (laughs) but i mean and i definitely get the fake Mm -hmm. complaint because i love visual effects and i want them to be done really well yeah but you know i don't know when it's a style thing because with power rangers obviously it's a style thing he didn't want to spend a whole bunch of money yeah and make a really yeah and and it's since become part of the heart of it you know yeah not only during this original show when that was what they had to work with, but since then, all of these iterations that have come since then have kept a lot of that campiness intact rather than just it getting more and more serious. I mean, sure, the budget's probably gone up and things like that, but, you know, looking at just even just a trailer for the next season, it's like that's still just as ridiculous mm-hmm. as ever. And and it's, oh, yeah. I'm glad about that. Yeah. <laughs> After Saban screened a pilot episode for Les, she ordered the first season to premiere in 1993. They immediately started shooting 40 episodes for the first season. Jeez. (laughs) 40? Jeez, man. Like, he's lucky to get like a, yeah, we'll we'll hit you with 10 episodes or 13 episode season. Right. 40. 40. This is going to work, by golly. (laughs) As shooting began in the U.S. for live-action sequences of the Rangers without their helmets, Saban was involved in every part of the process. Smart move. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He didn't pass this off to anybody. He was present. He was there. He cared about the project. That's good, especially if he had a vision for it. Mm -hmm. You know, him being the person to pitch it, having a vision that he knows is going to work and needs to make sure they follow that vision. Mm -hmm. It's good that he's involved. Yeah. Yeah. If only all creators could do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and it's I, a dream. I remember looking into some of this stuff for some of the later shows. Uh, some I've dabbled in some of the Power Ranger fandom, and there's a new era called the Neo-Saban era. Whoa. Because I guess he's come back ah. to the show to work on it. So, so there's some series in there that he didn't work on that may or may not be very good or frowned upon <laughs> yeah, in the fandom. Yeah, d- define you know. good. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, come on. They're all great. <laughs> but, you know, the the fandom may not be as big a fan of these particular seasons or something like that. And then he came back, I suppose. And it's the, the Neo-Saban era. And it's, you know, got more interesting. more um, more interesting concepts or, or more that liken back to the original show. Yeah. So that people kind of get that nostalgia fix. That's sweet. That's Amazing. pretty cool. According to Saban, once the show had been produced, the CEO of Fox and its affiliates declared that the show was horrible and they weren't going to air it. Boo. Going <laughs> <laughs> ah, back on their words. That's rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is pretty rough. This is a time when Margaret Lesh really had to prove her position. So imagine a time when Fox... Kids is the best kids network on TV. It's the, it's the best th- place for kids 
number one. <laughs> it's kind of weird to think about. Yes, it's definitely a bygone era. This <laughs> this is not true now. This this was they had Batman the animated series. They had X Men, Pinky and the Brain, the Animaniacs, Tiny Toons, Tiny Toon yeah. Adventures. Yeah, they yeah. they had so much stuff, mm-hmm. and it really was it was Fox Twenty Eight Kids was a cartoon block. And this is a weird, wacky, (laughs) live-action TV show. And the executives are saying, no. No, don't do this. Uh. So, Lesh decided to air the show anyway. In the summer for eight weeks at the 7.30 a.m. time slot. Oof. Killer. (laughs) That That is a bad time slot for a children's television show. Especially when you think about the fact this is not July. This isn't when all the American kids are off school. This is the end of August. Oh, school no. is starting. Ooh, it is not a good time. Hey, but at least it might sell some Power Rangers backpacks and lunchbox. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, she really put her job on the line for this. She could have gotten fired. because, But wow. she was the head and she knew what was good. And so and she saw it. She said, kids are going to like this. I promise. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, kids are going to enjoy this. So she took a gamble, but she put it in the 7.30 a.m. time slot because not as many people would see it. And, you know, there wouldn't be as much damage control if it was terrible. But it wasn't really terrible. The show premiered on August 28, 1993, and it was an instant success. Surprise, Ooh. surprise. Yeah. Man. By week two, it was beating Batman for views, even though Batman was on at 4.30 p.m. Good grief. Much better time slot there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's when. It... Kids are getting off school. Right. It's in going the... home. And also, it's Batman. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Do, you guys remember how good, do you guys remember how good the Batman animated series is? I mean, is? yeah. You... They, that's still, <laughs> I think they're still making those yeah, um, there's still animated Batman stuff all the time, mm-hmm. and thinking about four thirty, you know, kids are getting home, but like parents aren't yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they're working till five at least, yep. you know. Yeah. So the kids definitely gonna get the TV. That's yeah. the that's the spot, man. Yeah, four thirty is a. They had to have seen these numbers after one week and went, "Oh my god, imagine." Imagine the prime time. Imagine (laughs) what will happen. Move it now. And so they did. They moved it. Yes, they moved it after one week. That's wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Amazing. For the 2 to 11 age group, there was almost no competition from other shows. At its peak, the show reached 4.3 million children, making it as popular as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Boom. Wow. Yeah, it was shit. A big freaking deal. <laughs> and it's still it's still pretty it's still pretty big. It's still pretty yeah. large. I you mean, go yeah, you walk through Walmart. Oh oh shelves and shelves of Power Ranger toys. Are you mm-hmm. kidding yeah. me? Oh yeah. yeah. I it's, mean Halloween I still you probably every still year see... you'll see a Power Ranger for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely still a big deal. There's a lot of fans out there still. So now we're gonna talk a little bit about the making of the show. So Saban wanted kids that other kids could relate to and see themselves in. So when they were casting, they they wanted an ethnically diverse group. So that way everybody could kind of see themselves. And in the end of all the casting calls, they ended up basically with two groups. 
one that was like the taller model-esque you know group that's nice looking and then the other group which they went with all right hold on the <laughs> other group i want to know what this other group looked like because the people that they cast were pretty, are also pretty beautiful yeah <laughs> yeah i think it's more that they weren't uh, i mean because mo- a lot of the interviews and stuff where they talked about this it was basically kind of like a tall group and then a short group. Right, okay. So I guess more of a height type yeah. thing. Okay. Not that these people, these kids were not beautiful looking or good looking. Yeah, just, no, I mean, I'm just, I'm watching I think they went it. with the more person, maybe more personality possibly mm. too. Yeah. So it was also important to Saban that the girls in the show were featured as much as the boys and just as important character wise. He felt that young girls didn't have a lot of action characters to look up to. And honestly, he was right. Oh, he's absolutely right. 100%. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just yes. I mean, there's not in, much else to say. In the original show, the one that they adapted from, the Yellow Ranger was actually a guy. There really oh, was only right. one girl. Yeah. It, yeah. So, you know, he even added a, a girl, mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah. Is yeah, because nice. you'd think about it like, oh, why does just the pink suit have like a skirt version you know what i mean yeah it's kind of like oh well wouldn't the other girl one have one too i Mm -hmm. mean even though it's not necessary Mm -hmm. but you can kind of see where that is and they just yeah you know dub the voice over it anyway yeah with this rigorous shooting schedule trini the girl who plays trini ended up actually hurting her ankle oh no and had to uh, kind of not really sit out, but be very immobile for a lot of um, episodes. So they talked about how when these characters are kind of like beamed up, mm-hmm. you know, they're fighting these putties and then they beam up to Zordon or whatever. They have all the putties kind of freeze. And then the actors are supposed to walk off. So that uh-huh. way they can, ha- you know, put in the special effects later of them being beamed off. Well, she was so much in pain and, and couldn't really afford to go to the doctor really to get it fixed or looked at that the other actors had to actually carry her off oh, the man. set. Aww. Poor thing. So, yeah. So she she really was pretty strong I'm glad she general. stuck it out. Yeah. So when Fox announced that they were going to back the show, they didn't like the original name for the show, which was Dino Rangers. <laughs> How could you not like that? Know, yeah. Right? I mean, Adam would have been best a guaranteed show, best, no. 10 out of 10 audience best. member. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You feel I was a, 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 an audience member of this anyway. Mm-hmm. So in 10 minutes, the crew came up with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Because they liked Power Rangers, but they were like, we need something like a dun-dun Power Rangers. Yeah. So they did Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And they were like, oh my gosh. There you go. Yes, there it is. (laughs) Perfect. Sounds good. What do they do? Morph. They they morph. Boom, there it is. Write it down. (laughs) Are they weak? No, they're mighty. No. (laughs) Write that down too. Bam. ABM, always be morphin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So as we talked about before, this show was... 
taken from the Japanese show. And so they used a lot of clips and things from the original Japanese show, including all the fight scenes that we talked about. Mm -hmm. So in order to tie in the American version, the American sequences into the Japanese ones, they typically took even just one little thing from the visuals from the Japanese to tie it in to the American one. So they said it could be something as simple as a car color or just some kind of background item. So that way it seems as if it's in the same country or the same area Mm -hmm. and you're not so likely to be like, oh man, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) Where are they? Where are they? I know they teleported, but... Yeah, they also kind of avoided cars a little bit because there they drive on the opposite side of the road, so Mm -hmm. they didn't want to reveal even that. Mm -hmm. They also, in order to tie these together, they would make a script that had a theme based around the look of the monster from the stock footage of the week. For example, when the monster was a big pig monster that would eat everything, the episode was about a bake sale. Cute. (laughs) That's hilarious. That's pretty great. Um, (laughs) One episode that I watched recently was one with the mighty Minotaur, and he was Mm -hmm. gross looking. So the episode was about cleaning up the dump. The two girls were doing this petition thing at the school, and... And then when they ended up fighting the this monster, he was, like, gross and ugly. And yeah. I guess there you go. Yep, a tie-in. It was perfect, yep. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when they first started out, they were shooting about four episodes a week. So it was very rigorous work week for everyone. The guys would go in about 5 a.m., but unfortunately the girls would have to go in even earlier earlier because they had to have hair and makeup done (laughs) so unfair (laughs) it's so much work i just you know yeah seven days a week i read sometimes it would just be you know yeah they'd go in and it's dark and they'd come out (laughs) and it's dark like ohio the worst (laughs) exactly like the the worst exactly that's the worst (laughs) stuff man yeah some of the crew members and everything said that it would be such long days that they'd come home and they'd be so tired and they'd check their answering machines and they'd have like 25 messages oh my God. and people would be like, God. Oh my gosh, this person has changed so much. And they're just like, I'm just busy. Like, I just got so much going on right now. Do you not understand what I'm working on? <laughs> I know I'm shooting. I'm working on a global a phenomenon right now. <laughs> I'm going to change the goddamn world. <laughs> So when when they would shoot, they would also have to end up do, redoing the audio because of things, natural things like wind and planes and other things you can't control, essentially. So they would end up spending a lot of time in the ADR room, which, as I learned, is the automated dialogue replacement room. Yeah. Yeah. They automatically replaced a lot of dialogue. <laughs> that, that they did. For this show. Yep. Yeah. And they would often do that on the weekends. So could you imagine? Oh, no. Shooting your scenes all week. It's like working in retail. And then going in and doing the audio. You know, <laughs> working in retail, everybody around you is like, oh, TGIF, am I right? 
and no. you're like no i hated that i was like Same. um what <laughs> so the feel of this show was basically a combination of voltron which we talked about before and saved by the bell these were pretty much two of the most popular shows before power rangers came around and the theme song was written by Ronald Aaron Wasserman, who also wrote songs for the series. Yeah. What a what a awesome guy. <laughs> Rock and roll, man. Such a powerful, you know, no pun intended, powerful soundtrack. Because it's just wailing guitars. Yes. And, just awesome explosive action and it's just ah. it really i feel like nothing really gets you in the mood for this show more than mm. the music absolutely yeah. and i think you could listen to the the power rangers theme song like if you need to get pumped up for something <laughs> like you're driving to a game or yeah. you're driving to an interview or something that you yeah. need to get pumped up for listen to the power rangers theme song in your car and you'll have so much energy uh, after. You, like, get pulled over because you're going 100 <laughs> on the highway. And the cop comes over and knocks on the windows. <laughs> you go, know, go. And then you slowly reel the window down. Go, go, power. And like, ah. <laughs> the cop will be freaked out. <laughs> but then he's like, I get it. You know, you know what? what? I'm tearing up this taker right you're now. You're free to yeah. go. <laughs> Don't. It's morphin' time. <laughs> Obviously, the show was a big deal and a big hit, as we talked about. So it was quite popular. So they had, they did plenty of other stuff alongside the show because they could, you know. When something's I mean, that big, you just not? keep it rolling. They they did mall tours. Aww. <laughs> Do you guys remember yeah. mall tours? Yeah. Do you guys remember when people like yeah. famous people would come to the mall? Dude. <laughs> Do you remember going to the mall? <laughs> Let's go to Not the mall. Not shopping online. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they did mall tours. Uh, obviously, other TV shows, all kinds of other stuff for publicity, lots of promotional materials. They were even. Dare ambassadors. Yeah. You guys remember Dare? <laughs> they were, yep. I Don't do Dare. drugs, kids. Yeah, yo. All in different countries, too. So it was a yeah. global thing all, yeah. all across the world, not just in the United States. They drew a large crowd to Universal Studios. They were the Beatles of kids' TV. <laughs> and they even filled the studio with about 35,000 people in one day. That's incredible. That's insanity. They they actually so many people wanted to go see these actors talk about it that they actually clo- ended up hogging and closing down an entire freeway or highway. Wow. Because so many people wanted to go see the Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> they got so many Dude. calls about it. Everybody wanting tickets. It was insanity you know what i'm surprised didn't happen actually mm-hmm. you know how the ninja turtles did that coming out of our shells tour yeah where they had the they did concerts where's the power rangers concert <gasps> come on oh, i didn't know i wanted that till just now <laughs> i was today years old when i realized <laughs> i wanted that <laughs> I, <laughs> it would be so ama- amazing imagine they come out with just rock ba- ballads. Yes. Oh my gosh, and the, the yeah. pyrotechnics would be out of this world. Yep. Lasers and, and sparks and flames. It just, <sighs> mm, give it. Yep, I want it. 
So, if you grew up with the Power Rangers, if you knew about the Power Rangers, if your siblings liked it, then you know about the Power Ranger toys. <laughs> the <What>? toys <laughs> were almost half of why the show was so popular. <laughs> <laughs> there were some pretty sweet toys that came with the Power Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Pretty, some pretty great stuff. So Bandai America released a series of Mighty Morphin Power Ranger toys to coincide with the new series. As Mighty Morphin was carried over from Zuranger, the result was a mix of repurposed items and new items. Hmm. So you already had stuff that was made and, you know, yeah. you could just Might kind of well new coat paint. I mean, the thing <laughs> is, right, we talked about how the, the, the monsters are just straight up. Yep. From that other show, yeah. they're already making toys for that show. Just sell them in the United States with a new box. Yeah. Boom, Power Ranger toys. Yes. Bam. The most popular being the 8-inch figures of the Ranger and Villains. They were later re-released during Season 2 as Automorphin figures, where the character's head would flip from their face to their helmet with the press of a button. Of course you guys remember that um, one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I... Loved these. <laughs> My brother was a huge Power Rangers fan, and he had every single one of them. The only one whose head wouldn't flip we had was the was the green was White Ranger. Because oh. oh, yeah. when you press the belt buckle, the head would flip up, but then you had to like kind of fold it back in. And yeah, I'd, to take the helmet yeah, off, you had in. to put it down like yes. yourself and like. Yeah, eh. you had to fold it back in, <laughs> then you press the button again. I just I mean, hours. <laughs> I loved it. The, all the toys had the symbol of their Zord. Yeah. On the chest, and that's not. <laughs> that's right. That's not I a thing thinking, at all. Yeah, that looks a little a little bit different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I would say that it really brings the whole suit together. I think it should have been on there for real, but I, you know, obviously they're using footage that already exists, so they can't right. really change it. But um, I think it's a nice touch. That way, you don't have to think too hard about which which ranger has which sword. It's just right there. Yeah, yeah. The multiple swords were also extremely popular and were by far the largest toys produced for the series. There are versions that are one piece and ones that come as their smaller form but can be combined to create the Megazord. We had both. Ooh, we had nice. we had the one that was built together already, which I still have. And then we had one that was in little pieces mm -hmm. and it was was not easy to figure out. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, Transformers toys were pretty complicated, and they were just kind of moving one thing to, yeah. <laughs> to change from a car to a robot. But these had five different yes. things that you had to figure out and, and then and combine. I could never find all of them. What's interesting is watching this show again, I noticed something that I never noticed before was that their helmets actually are like the dinosaur heads essentially yeah. they have yeah. like eyes and the part where i think the person's eyes are i think it is where that where yeah, that it's is. like it's, it's like the, the mouth of the, almost the virus the, yeah. yeah is the mouth mm -hmm. of the yeah, dinosaur the t-rex teeth yeah. kind of poke down and yeah, yeah the exactly. dinosaur in Which quotations i never yeah, dinosaur, <laughs> exactly but i i almost wonder did the toys have that too. I think so. I think I'd, so? Have, to, I'd okay. have to look at it again, but I would yeah. assume, so, assume yeah. so. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about the synopsis of the show. If anybody is unfamiliar with what this show is about, actually, you're not alone. I, I watched an interview where one of them said, I'm kind of, I was in the show and I'm sometimes not sure. <laughs> I, I knew. 
<laughs> what was going exactly on? Exactly what it was about. Kind of like, um, kind of like Michael Gambon, uh, for Harry Potter. Yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. heard that when he was Dumbledore, he was like, I know sort of what's going mm-hmm. on. Sort of. Well, <laughs> when they were shooting it, they would basically have to just memorize the lines for the scenes that they were doing, yeah. shoot it real quick, and that's it. Right. If they they're shooting yeah. that quick, they didn't yeah. get to see it all put together right away. So it makes there, sense. There wasn't enough time to watch it when it when it airs. You were yeah. already shooting the next twelve seasons right so the la times i there's back with this article from 1993 the la times described the show as a live action superhero series that bears a distinct kinship to old low-tech godzilla movies cheesy alien costumes mismatched lip movements and dialogue and clumsy battles between the monster army of rita repulsa empress of evil and dinosaur robots controlled by the power rangers who are teenage karate experts in crayon color spacesuits you know what? It's no surprise that this was a freaking <laughs> success of, of humongous proportions when you read it out like that. Yeah. So Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is about five average teenagers with attitude <laughs> who were chosen by an interdimensional being named Zordon to fight against the evils of the universe. The villainous Rita Repulsa has escaped a space dumpster on the moon <laughs> And ah. intends to destroy the Earth with her horde of putty patrollers. Okay. I mean, I'm in right there. I'm in right there. Super in. But let me talk about a couple things real quick. One, how she gets out. Just two Brando astronauts <laughs> come yeah. to this thing. They happen to be on this, this I guess, the moon because they're close yeah. to Earth. Yeah. And they're like, oh, what the heck is this? Let's pop it open. <laughs> and then this these monsters pop out and they're like, uh-oh. And then we never see those astronauts again. They're <laughs> no, not important. we never see. Yeah. And, and also, she just picks Earth because it's close. Yeah, she, she said, literally yeah. says it. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to celebrate my escape by destroying the nearest planet. There it is. <laughs> happens to be Earth. Convenient. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But the other thing is how ridiculously paced this show is. Oh, no, oh, yes. And... The fact that Zordon's like, oh, no, Rita Repulsa's here. We need teenagers now. And Pick and, five of them. And, uh, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> Alpha five is like, okay. And then these five these five yeah. teenagers just get teleported here. And they're like, where the heck are we? Like, you're going to be Power Rangers now. And they're like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you choose us? Well, you're five somewhat ethnically diverse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good-looking teenagers that, who are all friends that happen to know karate, kind are of. physically yeah. fit and know karate. <laughs> you were actually kind of hard to find. It was a no-brainer for us. <laughs> yeah, we made it look easy, but we actually searched for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah Alpha Five can just uh, compute all that super fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. As the show progresses, the Rangers pass on their powers to new people and meet more villains, such as Lord Zed. In the original show, each ranger had their own dinosaur, and together it made up one Megazord. Megazord. Yeah, which we talked about. We're talking about the toys. Yeah, they're dinosaurs. You know how much I love dinosaurs. Well, two of them are dinosaurs. Yeah, two, of two of them are dinosaurs. The rest of them are are not. There's there's Tyrannosaurus Rex. Correct. The other dinosaur is Triceratops. Oh, Triceratops. Oh. That's, that's right. Blue ranger. It's Billy. Zord. And then it's a saber tooth tiger, a pterodactyl. And a mastodon. And a mastodon. Yeah. Maybe that's why Fox was like, mm, don't let's call not it. Call it don't call them oh, Dino Rangers. Good point. 
<laughs> so the original Rangers are made up of the five teenagers that we mentioned. Twee Trang is the Yellow Ranger. Trini is what she goes by in the show. Her family came over to America to escape from the Vietnam War. She died at 27 from a car crash, which is awful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All of the other actors, when they came together to talk about it, they were like, she was just so nice. And she really would have gone on to do, you know, bigger and better things afterwards. And she was very, she was very pro, like, if you love something and want to do it, just, just do it. Like, yeah, don't, don't put limits on yourself. And that's really sweet. Yeah. So yeah. it was a loss when we lost Big her. Time. Next, we have David Yost, the Blue Ranger, Billy. Yeah. Such a nerd or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he was 24 at the time he was cast on the show. Uh, so he was the oldest Ranger, which yep. is ridiculous. <laughs> being 24 and being the oldest. Years later, he revealed that he was bullied on the set for being gay. Yeah. Aww. Which also sucks. Not yeah. all of these facts are going to be really sad. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we could start it off with the saddest yeah, ones. Yeah, these are We're the two sorry. sad. It'll get better. Two sad ones. But yeah, that was something that he came out and talked about a little bit. He said it wasn't it wasn't really the other members of the cast. It was of it was the crew and stuff. He said set people. Yeah, and, uh, it wasn't like the his castmates that bullied him, but lame. Yeah, he said that that it was something that he had to deal with. When he was in the show. I know. So next we've got Walter Emmanuel Jones, the Black Ranger. He goes by Zach. Originally cast as Billy for the Blue Ranger. So it's pretty easy to notice when you look at the Rangers that they cast an African-American man as the Black Ranger. And then they cast an Asian woman as the Yellow Ranger. Mm -hmm. And there was, for a bit, some... A little bit of backlash because of this. People yeah. thought, okay, th- that was a poor choice to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the studio was like, it was totally unintentional. Mm-hmm. Actually, he wasn't even supposed to be Zach. He was supposed to be Billy originally. And they, you know, o- over the years, the actors switched roles and switched mm-hmm. yeah, rangers and, and stuff. And it was yeah. different. Like, I think there was even a time when the guy who played the Green Ranger was the Black Ranger. And, and another uh, interesting fact is he's actually missing his middle finger on his left hand, which is uh, completely unnoticeable. Yeah. yeah. I Isn't that strange? No clue. I never noticed. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's pretty bizarre. Yeah. Doesn't affect his dancing ability. No, he's still flying. He is a good dancer. (laughs) For real. He even tries to teach Alpha 5 some moves, and Alpha 5 can't even even keep up. Yeah. He's a a super future robot who should be able to do anything, but he can't even have this. He can't even keep up (laughs) with Zach. So next we've got Austin St. John is the Red Ranger, Jason. He was a regular high school student that taught martial arts on the side. Even though he disliked cameras and was uninterested in acting, he was bet by a friend for 20 bucks that he would not be wasting his time to try out. That's amazing. Um, yep. Wow. <laughs> I like it, how too. Good, yeah. How good did that uh, audition go? <laughs> yeah. His character, like, that really makes sense, you know, with that actor, that mentality with that character. Because mm-hmm. I never felt like he was always the leader, it seemed to me. Mm-hmm. Even though I know that's not, the, like, the case. He isn't the, the leader throughout the whole show. But he was, you know, the leader in the beginning. 
and yeah, he always seemed like a quiet reluctant kind of leader mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't like i'm in charge we do what i say yeah he and he was all he was always he, he he says it throughout the show where he's like yeah martial arts it wasn't developed to hurt people like yeah. violence isn't really the answer this is just like how we exercise right. and stuff like mm-hmm. that but um you know you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Yeah, I felt like they were really trying to address the whole, this is a violent TV show, parents, it's okay, mm-hmm. kind of thing. When when they say things like, oh, okay, you guys can never instigate fights. You can never use your powers for personal gain, you know. Yep, yep. You can never, don't hurt anybody like, unless it's to save the world, yep. you know. Only if Rita Repulsa attacks yeah. first. And luckily, <laughs> luckily, the putties are very yeah. easy to see. Disposable. Yeah. yeah. Next, we have Amy Jo Johnson, the Pink Ranger. She's Kimberly. Yeah. After sharing the plot with friends, they said, well, you know, your next job will be bigger or better. (laughs) She shared, yeah, the pilot. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. she watched the pilot with her friends. Yep, and they were like, yeah, maybe your next one. (laughs) You'll get them next time, (laughs) champ. You'll get them next time. Yeah. Little did they you'll be, know. You'll be discovered from this, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, we have Jason David Frank. He's the Green Ranger who came a little bit later. Tommy. Everybody loves Tommy. Yes. <laughs> the Green Ranger was originally meant to only be a temporary character, but became highly popular with audiences. I can't express to you how popular the Green Ranger was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just really liked him. Really mm-hmm. liked the character. He's kind of like the bad boy. Yeah. Because um, originally he's he's like a bad guy. He's in a trance or whatever mm-hmm. or, or something. I can't. It. I don't know. He's almost like an anti-hero he, ranger or something yeah. like that. Uh, Tommy transitions to be the group leader as Jason David Frank ended up being on the show longer than any other ranger. He also became the white ranger even further down the line. Yeah. So super special boy. So the White Ranger so the Green Ranger would become the White Ranger? <laughs> yeah, I remember that part. Yeah. And he had a magic flute that he would play. Yeah. Really? Wow, it, sounds magical. It came with the toy, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's a control time. <laughs> so there were some other characters. There was uh Paul Schreier as Bulk and Jason Narvi as Skull. The most they exist outside of reason. I don't really know <laughs> how to explain they, um, the bullies in the show. They're the most incompetent <laughs> people, I think, that have ever existed on TV. They're more cartoony than everything else in the show, and this is a very campy show. Yeah. <laughs> they pose absolutely no threat. Like, they don't actually, like, like threaten the other yeah, actors in they, any way. <laughs> they want to bully these other kids, the, the rangers, but <laughs> all of them know karate, yeah, like, right. really yeah. well. They, they exist solely so that kids watching at home, I think, would identify more with the rangers. Yeah. yeah. Because everyone's got that jerk at school. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's it's more like that, but it's so watching it is also so adult. Like I know the <laughs> Rangers look like grown ups, but damn, the, these bullies look like adults. They look yeah. like thirty five year old yeah. men yeah. hanging out in this high school, 
and they're not that much they're not really older than the rangers but they just they look older <laughs> maybe it's, yeah. yeah just the way they're dressed i guess maybe yeah, yeah. is part and of and they're it, just bigger because like yeah, the bulk true. is much bigger much bigger yeah i thought it was interesting how skull usually ended up laughing at what the rangers said about bolt yeah like, like it was yeah. like you kind of always yeah. switched <laughs> yeah whoever whoever's getting bullied comes back with a really sly comeback and and skulls laughing at that more than he laughs at Bulk's jokes. It's yeah, pretty great. David Fielding played Zordon. He's trapped in some kind of time. Yes, vortex With his thing. Mouth never looking like it's moving properly. Right for some reason. Yeah. Richard Horvitz played Alpha Five. I guess he loved playing evil Alpha. When Rita Repulsa married Lord Zed, that that oh, line. Yeah. Okay. Somehow oh, Alpha becomes. <laughs> evil and causes a little bit of chaos in the nice and he loved it he's a pretty well-known voice actor doing other things like invader zim and things like that oh cool invader zim yeah Yeah, nice he's got the sci-fi like alien and robot kind of thing down i guess yeah Yeah. machiko soga played rita repulsa the light the 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 acting part Mm -hmm. of rita repulsa and she was voiced by Barbara Goodson. So I guess Barbara Goodson, initially they told her to do the voice as if she was the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> and so she did, and they didn't like it. And they forced her to re-audition. They actually fired her from the role. Oh oh, and then had her re-audition. And that's how she came up with this voice. That's she amazing. Do one is- evil. And she, she was doing it. She did it, you know, not knowing that they would, you know, rehire her. She was kind of angry uh, <laughs> that they'd fired her and that she had to, you know, I mean, I would yeah. be too. Uh, instead of just allowing her to try a different voice. Like, yeah. They, you know. They went through with, the, yeah. oh, man. And uh, she didn't realize the the extent, how how much, like, this would hurt her voice. Yeah. So she said, yeah. Basically yelling. Yeah. The time. <laughs> yeah. So she said, took lots of water and cough drops. Oh, man. To keep her from losing her voice completely. Aww. I always like how whenever the rangers are fighting them, the sounds they make, it's like they're punching stone. You ever hear the <laughs> yeah. sound? Oh. It just sounds like they're hitting... Clonk. Like a, yeah. It's very satisfying. <laughs> yeah. Also, we put on here Brian Cranston because... The reason we mentioned we wanted to mention that Brian Cranston was in the original show is because, you know, before he was a very well-known actor, he would do voice work for Power Rangers. So he would just hop into the studio and he would do the villain voices sometimes. Yeah, like that's Goldar awesome. and stuff like that. Yeah. So he just and that's why they had him play Zordon in the new movie. It's nice little homage. Yeah. yeah. Nice nod. Had a little connection to him, you know. So that's kind of cool. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Since now he'd hit it big. Yeah. And they were like, hey, yeah. you know Much what? bigger. Let's put, you, let's put you in the movie. Yeah, that was probably an easy pitch for them to, to get yes. him to join, too. He's like, hey, yeah. you remember that, that? Yeah. I'm sure he, it seems like from interviews that he loved doing it. Yeah. yeah. That ridiculous campy show that he used to do. <laughs> you want to be a main character this time? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. I uh, speaking of that movie real quick. I hope they continue. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how well it did, really, but I, you know, the only thing I didn't really like about the movie, I think, was I wasn't really keen on the new design for the suits. Mm. Mm. I didn't love them. Yeah, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think everything else I I liked about yeah. it. 
And so, yeah, let's talk about the show. Let's do that. Just a little bit here. Yeah. Um, we mentioned that it's a breakneck speed show, but... It is, sure is. It's, it, if you... Oof, yeah. I feel like I'm losing my breath when I yeah, watch it. Yeah, you, if you haven't seen it before, that's probably going to be the most striking thing about it. It's going to be like, what? It's a, all that stuff happened already? What? What's going on? But for me, going back and watching some of it, I, I the way I'm going to describe it is kind of like both better than I remember and not as good as I remember <laughs> at the same time, which is very strange, but let me explain. Some of that breakneck speed and, and not good pacing is something that I notice now and probably didn't notice as a kid, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I can get some of the campiness, but some of it for me now is like, ooh, that's a bit laying it on real thick there, aren't you? <laughs> and, um, you know, all that stuff that you can move past. But, dang, the action yeah, and and just the fun they're having. I love the, the fight scenes and the, the just the campy, you know, Tyrannosaurus. Yeah. Triceratops, and they're all more. <laughs> so it's so fun. And satisfying that in that way, it's even better than I remember. So overall, I think it's just it's it's just good. It's just a bunch of fun. It's a barrel right. of fun. It is fun. Um, I had actually never really watched this show as a kid. <laughs> well, surprises <laughs> like, at all. <laughs> so I ended up watching some of it because it's on Netflix right now. And it it's very interesting. I can see how kids would love it mm-hmm. and why they loved it, yeah. especially then. Um, I'm sure I probably would have liked it as a kid overall. I just never really watched it. Yeah, it's just but it's got just enough. I for you. yeah, watching it now, the pace of it was insane it's, because within the first, yeah. I, I think it was the first episode or the second episode, they. They're like, no, we don't want to... Well, definitely in the first episode, they were like, no, we don't want to be Power Rangers. Oh, we're in trouble. The Earth is in trouble. Okay, we'll be Power Rangers. Okay, here we go. Yeah, Um, so quick. Oh, we know how to work these machines, weirdly enough. Yeah. (laughs) And then the power crystals come into effect pretty quickly within the first or second episode. Mm -hmm. And Jason gets them, because he's alone, and he, he gets the power crystals, and he's like, oh, sweet, Zordon. Thanks. I know exactly what to do with these, and it's like, how? How do you know what those? Are? How do you know that those are called power crystals? How right. do you yeah. know what to do with them? Yeah. <laughs> it is there something about TV shows when you're a kid, you'd really just suspend your your belief. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to just suspend your belief, like yeah. That. And to just accept what you're watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's why they didn't have to focus so much on mm-hmm. the story. But part of that. From a story perspective, when, you know, they hop right in, Zordon doesn't explain shit to them. No. (laughs) Neither does Alpha. And I actually thought that kind of made sense from a story perspective, Mm -hmm. just because, you know, if this did happen in real life, Mm -hmm. nothing would get explained. Because it is a pretty quick, dire situation. Nothing else makes sense. Like, them suddenly knowing how to use everything. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I mean, guess I guess what they needed was like another episode after the first one where Zordon's like, "All right, you did great. Let me tell you what the hell's up." Yeah, let me explain, <laughs> and that that's probably that would have been a lot more because for the first mm-hmm. episode it makes sense a little bit, but then yeah. after that I'm like, "Eh, I don't know." <laughs> explain. Yeah, my 
experience of the Power Rangers was almost exclusively through my brother. When I was a kid, my brother loved the show. Mm-hmm. What would happen was my mom would leave for work and she would have such a hard time getting out the door because me and my sister Becky didn't want to let her go. Mm-hmm. And so she would distract us with the Power Rangers. Oh. She would say, she'd say, oh, don't you guys want to watch Timmy's show? Let's watch Timmy's show is what she called it. Let's, <laughs> let's watch nice. it. And so we'd sit down and we'd watch the show and she'd, she was able to slip Sneak out off. the front door even oh. though we were watching the show in the living room. So that's how into the show <laughs> we actually were. That's a killer strat. Yeah. It was incredibly engaging. Mm-hmm. I did have questions about it. <laughs> I, I didn't understand why they were suddenly in the desert. Like when they would start fighting, I didn't get that part. Mm-hmm. But like I just accepted it. So I I do watching it today because I just watched some today. And uh, some of it's lost on me because some of it I'm like, okay, it's a little too fast. Mm-hmm. You know, this acting is so-so, whatever. And then when it gets to the part when they're actually going to morph mm-hmm. and they say what they're going to morph into, I was like, it's like I was a kid again. Yeah. I totally, it was just, it brought me back. It was, because <laughs> that's what I remember. I remember yeah. that. I remember them shouting it out. And then they were fighting, you know, and yeah. it was just, and it was like, I would be worried and Tim would say, no, 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 the good guys always win. Yeah. The good guys always win in this They're show. They're the Power Rangers. So, yeah, I really liked the show. I haven't seen it in a while. Well, you know, I hadn't seen it in a while. <laughs> Until today. But I'm glad that we did this episode because I'd forgotten how much I really enjoyed it, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. And I think, I think I'm going to have to go back and and continue just to see just to enjoy just wallow in yeah. the campiness yeah. yeah even if you don't enjoy something like that or enjoy or don't enjoy the pace or mm-hmm. what's happening it is kind of funny yeah i would yeah. i found myself laughing I, a lot i feel like i could have it on in the background while i'm like making dinner or something yeah, yeah. just like right, you yeah. know have it like see the funny parts and everything because it is enjoyable yeah, there was something that they say in the beginning. Zoran's like, "We need highly impulsive, over emotional people." Yeah. I love. And he says, they "Oh, said don't that. you don't mean teenagers, teenagers. do you?" Yeah, oh, oh no! Ay ay ay! Yeah, it's a very very ridiculous dialogue, but it's very funny. It's wonderful, and I think that'll do it for this episode of the Black Case Diaries. Thank you so much for listening. Go check out Power Rangers on Netflix if you have it. If not, maybe it's elsewhere. Buy a DVD or two. Why not? And tweet at us, Black Case Diary, at Black Case Diary on Twitter. Tweet at us your uh, Power Ranger toys if you got them. We want to see them. Check us out on Instagram, at Black Case Diaries Podcast. Marcy will have her drink of the week up there. So go check it out. And our Patreon patreon.com slash blackcasediaries or go to blackcasediaries.com there's a link to it there as well got all kinds of stuff so thank you again for listening we appreciate it that is a case closed everybody Woo! it's morphin uh, time yeah that's right and stuff so thank you we will see you in the next episode goodbye bye
That's correct, Alpha. I was afraid of that. 